Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work. But more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job or maybe you've been unemployed for a while or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Okay, great. Well, thank you everybody for listening in. I'm, I always say this, but I really mean it this time. I'm very excited about today's guest, who is a new friend to me and a new associate. Uh, We met Yes, another person I've met in my learning collective that seems to be every guest here for good reason. So I'm so happy that I have the fabulous Gabby Lubin, who is, I always like it when people carve their own path because I'm trying to do that myself. And Gabby is the founder and CEO of Spark This Day. So Gabby, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here, really. And I appreciate this. I'm I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Gabby's a tad under the weather and she's still giving 100% and came and talked to us today. So I'm really appreciative. Um, of course. I took my day off. I, I will have to share that. I definitely did not feel bad about taking the day off so I could recover for the rest of the week. So if you're in my position, take the day off. <laughs> okay, we will get back to that. So let's if you could tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about Spark This Day. Yeah. Um, so I am a three-time burnt-out professional, and I decided to make a career out of doing the opposite of that um, after I burned out the first time. <laughs> so yes, there was burnout after I realized to make this my career, because that is just how the world works. I started in education and was a really, really energized to be in that space, very passionate about it, felt that I really needed to be in purpose-driven work and still clearly very much do need to be in that. But I did it to a fault. Um, I went into this career putting every single thing I had into it, which is something that is pretty frequent um, in education in general. You, You really have to give your all into your kids and the classroom and the school in order to figure out how to make it work. But what I was starting to realize towards the end of my five years there is that that I didn't have a sense of self Mm -hmm. and that lack of self made me question what I wanted in life. And I knew I needed to take a step back. So I left teaching kids and went to the literal only other career that I knew was possible because it was the only other thing that I had the capacity to think about at the same time. And that was teaching fitness. 
And as soon as I did that, I realized I had been burning out for five years. And that was just like, why, why would you ever let yourself do that? Why would you experience this um, lack of self for five years? Because you don't have time to reflect and you are in that constant state of burnout. So as soon as I left, um, I had this question in mind of, well, will I go back and, and continue to do purpose-driven work, which for me at the time meant to do that in education? Um, or will I go pursue well-being for myself, which also means pursuing it for other people? And I said, there is no way I can go back and help answer the question, questions in education because that's going to come with burnout and it's going to come with a lot of stress that I can't actually navigate effectively myself. So I have to go pursue this question on my own and I want to do that for other people. And so what ended up happening was I still pretty young um, and didn't have a lot of entrepreneurial experience. I did have entrepreneurial experience at the time. So I had that understanding of uh, being uncomfortable with uncertainty, but I thought that I really needed X, Y, and Z number of qualifications in order to start something on my own. It wasn't quite ready. So grad school was definitely what I had to do in order to start with that, that first piece, the X we'll say. Got into grad school. And then two weeks after that was when the pandemic hit and I was a gig worker. And it's just like, oh. what, <laughs> what, you know, what, what do we, what do we do at this moment? And I realized some of the things that I've been thinking about and playing around with and toying in my head, like this was the moment for them to shine, uh, the moment for them to try to try it out. So I, this is the origin of spark, which is just so different from what it is today. But the, that very first day of the pandemic, while I was living in DC, put together a Canva post with a Zoom link that I literally typed out all the numbers and all the letters and all that stuff. It was very long and got 50 computers, uh, which I believe was 60 individuals on that very first class Mm -hmm. at 6 p.m. on a Monday of the pandemic. And I noticed something. I noticed that there was a need that moment which we all had a need at that moment to end the work day and to relieve our stress. But there was something more that was percolating there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'll pause there. Cause that's really the catalyst of everything and the catalyst of my why let's yes. We'll, we'll come back to that. That's the, we'll leave a little suspense for anybody listening. <laughs> There's so much in this story that I know it was hard for you. Yeah. I know by no means like you're talking about it now, like it's like, ah, no big deal. Like, but I've been there. I know how hard this is. Yeah. But one of the reasons I wanted you to come and talk to us is because you are just the embodiment of one of the philosophies of this podcast of my book is that things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And I think that's the only way to look at the world right now, because that is looking at things from a place of power and Mm. and of ownership and you're not owning the tragedy that happens to you but you're owning your reaction to it and how you respond and I like the fact that you mentioned you know spark this day that first day was not what it is now because it really things evolve and I really thought I'd write a book and it'd be a one-off and I go back to a corporate career and here I am, you know, two years later, uh, (laughs) coming Mm. up with other things to do. So I completely understand that. 
but I love that you're sharing, you're being very vulnerable in your journey. So I want to thank you for that. So let's fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you did that that very brave first day. And I think that's something I want people to know is you have to be a little brave in this journey. And that's so hard. Yeah. Did Are you just, you sound like you're just a naturally brave person. Is that true? Or did you learn to be brave? Ah, uh, wow. What a question. Um, let me pivot back and also reflect for a moment to just share with people on this podcast. That first day of the pandemic, I became unemployed. That's what happened. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> That's what happened. I became unemployed oh. and I had to do something different about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying necessarily that I am always brave. Mm-hmm. I think that I am curious. And I was Ooh, curious, I, I was curious with an, an amount of like a safety net, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to at least have a grad school on the other side. So if I tried something out and it didn't work, then I just go to grad school. No big deal. Like it was a temporary thing in my mind. And I think particularly when you're thinking of a big transition, whether you're, you choose to be in that transition or not you have to like break it down into segments or break it down into ways that feel manageable. And if you find that piece that's manageable and, and just want to understand it more, think of it as an other versus who you are. I think there's a much easier way to be able to, to play with it, to understand it, to, to work with it and to kind of make it into the thing that you want to. So no, I don't think I was always brave. In fact, I was the kid that we, I went into, I went to brief moment of therapy when I was younger because I was afraid of sleepovers. Like that's, (laughs) that was the kind of, of, of kid I was, um, so I don't know. I, I, I think there's mindsets that kind of get cultivated yeah. when you go into, when, when you're thrust upon on these moments. And that's what I was going to say. I think sometimes losing something yeah. makes you brave because you're like, well, I've, I've already lost the thing I was afraid of losing. I don't have another option right now, but to repivot uh, as much as we've overused that word. Uh, in the past couple of years and try something new and different. And what you're talking about, those small steps, I love because I think with each step, you start to get a little more confident, a little more ownership. And to me, you just defined resilience is that. And I hate the word resilience sometimes because it, we assume that resilience means like you can do anything and no, get over yes, whatever, right, but technically, right. technically that's not the de- definition yes. of resilience. Like if we think of the actual technical definition of resilience, it's being able to like manage and understand a situation yeah. and come out on the other side. But just because you're resilient does not mean you don't break down sometimes, does not mean you like need support, does not mean that like so many other things. So I yes, and is what I would say. <laughs> no, no, I love that you said that because that's what I always tell people because people are like, oh, if I buy your book, I'll never lose a job again. I'm like, gosh, no, <laughs> no, you are the difference. I think what you're kind of hinting at, correct me if I'm wrong, is 
you're going to feel all those things and you're 100% right. And you might feel them just as deeply. Yeah. But to me, there's that underlying current of I've gotten through something before and I know there's an end to it. I know I can get me out of it again. And um, in my in my book, I tell the parable of the whole. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. No. Um, so this is so sad. I actually heard it on West Wing. But it's the uh, <laughs> that's so sad. It, that's just practical. <laughs> and it isn't, but I it it resonated with me. Uh, and the parable of the whole is someone falls down a hole, and they're trapped and they're crying for help. And a clergyman walks by, a clergy person, and they ask them for help, and they say, "Oh, I'll pray for you." And the person's like, "But I'm still in the hole." And they keep calling for help, and a doctor walks by and. They ask the doctor for help and the doctor says, well, I can write you a prescription. And they're like, that's not going to help me, but thanks. And then a third person walks by and they're still crying for help down in the hole. And the third person jumps in with them. And they're like, what are you, what are you doing here? And the third person says, I've been trapped in this hole like you before. And I know there's a way out. Hmm. And that just always resonated with me. Like, I can't help you get better. I can give you kind of a blueprint, but what I can tell you is it does get better. And yeah. I think that about your story is that you are this, you took these chances, which I always admire when someone takes risk because I am so risk averse and I wish I was, I wish I was more um, risk taking. All of my assessments always say that, like, I need to be more risky. Um, <laughs> I'm the only person who you're way too conservative with yourself, but that you are now out there doing good, building something. And it's something that gets you out of bed every morning. I've talked to you about it before and you just light up when you talk about it. So tell us about Spark This Day. What What is it? What is this thing that we are so entranced by? Yeah. Um, so it started as a mindful hit class and it has developed into a, an employee wellness platform. What we do is we match employee workload and stress levels to wellness programming. We predominantly do it for businesses and organizations, but we also have a direct-to-consumer arm. So if anyone who's listening is interested, I do think that any single thing that we have applies to you as well. And that what we're providing people is the opportunity to have a little bit of a daily routine when it comes to their wellness and do that with this whole human approach because we don't exist in the physical realm at 7 a.m but um in the mental health realm only at you know 3 p.m if you have therapy um and then like the nutritional realm at 6 p.m because we're cooking dinner you know we're one person and those things interact with each other so what we do is we help place all of those together with you through a customized like matchmaking experience and then help you tap into that daily in a way that makes sense for you. Okay. And, and I love this. I love that your origin story came from kind of not only your own interest, but your own experience and need. And I go back to, I go back to this thing of burnout Yeah, and you made the comment of, you know, all this time of burnout, five years, and you didn't realize it. And I think that's because it becomes our normal. Yeah. So you have that 
self-care background, that healthcare background. What are some signs of burnout that people might not realize they have? Mm. What are some common things that you think people might be overlooking? I mean, it's very, I'll say it's personal to everyone um, and everyone is different. So there are some things that are telltale signs, some things that aren't, but you might be different from what I'm saying. So I'll share that first. But if you have the Sunday scaries in any way and you're dreading Ooh. what's coming next, I think that is a really, really big oh. indicator. And I had that every single day or sorry, every single week while I was teaching. And that is not good. We, we should love the work that we're doing, not just mm. love, I don't know, coming home at night. <laughs> um, so Sunday scaries is big. Um, if you're not able to, you know, set the boundaries that make you happiest, such as taking time for you, even if it's just five minutes every day, whether that's because of kids, whether that's because of animals, uh, loved whoever, um, I think that's really important. Um, and something that maybe we haven't, we've overlooked often that we don't feel like we have time to take care of ourselves, but you do, you have one minute, you have five minutes, you have that opportunity, but sometimes we don't feel like we can carve that out. If you're having trouble sleeping, that is huge. So a little bit of that insomnia or falling asleep or, um, you know, having to wake up at like way too early in, in the, in the morning. Um, and I know that that's something that's complicated because there's lots of other things that, um, mm -hmm. can cause uh, difficulty of sleep, but stress is huge, including grinding your teeth. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I've had to have a mouth guard for a long time. Yep. Um, and I have trained, I have trained myself as much as possible out of grinding my teeth. And that is only because I've been, I practice mindfulness and have a lot of body awareness. So it is possible. Um, so any of that, like TMJ, my, my, my mom has that, like the lock jaw kind of mm -hmm. situation. Those are definite, um, indicators. And then if you're getting sick, which I know, like I'm talking about it, like I'm sick. Yes. I, um, probably worked myself too hard last week and had a big weekend. Um, if you're feeling like you're getting sick more frequently than other people mm -hmm. or feeling under the weather often or, or susceptible, it's because your immune system is down um, and it's focusing on keeping your body afloat and alive. So those are some of the like less common ones. You can Google all the mm -hmm. other ones. I'm not going to share all of the symptoms. Plus, I don't want to become WebMD. We just, we don't need to be web MDing ourselves always, but I think at the end of the day, you know, if your body is burned out, if you're burned out or not, and you're only going to really know that if you take space away from whatever you're doing, you literally, and I know this from experience and I've seen it from many other people. If you don't take that time away, you, you won't know. So whether that's like journaling or going on a very mini vacation with yourself or, you know, taking an afternoon off to do something different or taking a long walk. There are lots of different ways to that space away. Okay. No, thank you for that. I think the one that really stood out to me was that Sunday feeling. Mm. Um, so many people have that. And you're right. It is not one size fits all. And I think it's more that consistency and also that lack of doing something for yourself, doing yes. that, doing those 
all those things that we should be doing all the time that we don't. I'm just as guilty as anybody else. And yeah, my dentist keeps talking to me about the mouth guard thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So let's, we talk about the scary Sundays and that implies that somebody is going to work. But I can tell you from my own experience, and I know you know this, even if you're out of work, you're burnt out on being unemployed or that job that you left has burned you out or you let it yeah. burn you out. It's a unique population of people who are out of work because you feel like you have to be obsessed with finding work. Yeah. and recovering from your prior job or the experience of losing your job, trying to stay afloat. It is so hard to do self-care because first of all, money's tight. I don't care how much you earned. Um, every moment you're not looking for work, you feel guilty about. And I can tell you right now, you can't spend, you should not spend eight hours a day looking for work. It's yeah. impossible, um, nor should you do it. Uh, so there's the money, the guilt, there's this almost feeling of, well, I'm not working, so I'm okay in that respect. And I think we don't do things that we need to do for ourselves because we like, I'm out of work. I don't deserve a mini vacation. I don't deserve to go to the movies, um, things like that. So any advice for someone who is out of work and of what self-care they can or should do. Yeah. Is it um, different? Yeah. And I'll share that um, before I dive into that, the identify the piece, the, the excuse me, <laughs> the identifiers that I just shared, I think are mm -hmm. also consistent for if you're not working. Okay. There's still the, like Sunday scaries. There's this feeling of dread of just ultimate, like, well, oh, I, I have to, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Can I comment on that? Because I felt Please. that. Yeah. And what I had for me, it was the fact that everybody else is going to work but me. Mm. So like my friends were around on the weekends. I would have that social aspect. But Monday was this reminder that I didn't have a place to go. Mm. And that just reinforced, you know, <laughs> you're a loser. You're unemployed. Yeah. kind of thing. I hated Sunday night for that reason. Yeah. It was a reminder. I feel like we should rename that. It's not really the Sunday scaries. It's the, the Sunday stomach dread is what I, Ugh. that's where I feel a lot of my stress. <laughs> oh, yeah. in my stomach. <laughs> a lot of upset stomach, a lot of GI issues. That's also another indicator, just so you know. Um, what was your original question? I'm, I'm <laughs> forgetting it now. Yeah, that was my fault. I, I detracted you because it's we knew this was going to happen with us talking about of course. this. But the So is, is my self-care, yes. is my burnout going to be different? Is my self-care going to be different if I'm out of work? Yes, because context changes things, which is totally fine. But I also think that mindset matters so much, right? Mm. The way that you think the self-talk that you have becomes reality. For example, you know, I own a startup. We've been bootstrapping thus far. And I came to this realization that like, we didn't have enough money to do what I wanted us to do. And so I, for over a month was in this scarcity mindset mm -hmm. of we 
I got to figure out how we're going to make this happen. And we can't spend on this. We can't do that. It seeped into my relationships with my peers at work, but it also mm-hmm. seeped into my personal relationship with um, my now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not healthy. That was not healthy for this mindset that I had to seep not only into the thing that was most important to me, which for me was work, but for others who are um, seeking work, again, the seeking of the work, but then that also seeping into your other relationships in your life, not wanting to go out to eat, which is understandable, or you know, commenting on the price of things or commenting on, you know, how you're frustrated that, you know, this friend made you do all of these backflips to help them celebrate X, Y, or, you know what I mean? So I think, I think there's, I think it's super valid to say, Hey, I need to be on a budget or, Hey, I need to cut back on X. And the way that our mind shows up to these moments will make or break the way that you actually experience them. Right. I love this. So if you can see, and this is so funny, I'm now laughing to myself. Have you ever seen the movie up in the air? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, that was one of my sick day movies on uh, Tuesday. (laughs) So I watched that, which is oddly relevant for this conversation. And I, what they do in this movie, if you folks haven't seen it, is um, they essentially have a firing agency. And so they go around the country helping companies um, let go of people. And they say the beginning of that conversation, right now, anyone who's done anything great has been in your shoes. They built empires, started companies, et cetera. And as much as that's like toxic positivity in many ways, I think there is an air to just reminding yourself that you do have an opportunity ahead of you. Mm -hmm. You have the entire day to cheaply take care of yourself. And if you can do that, you will be way better at finding that job because you're putting your best version of yourself out there. You have that best version of your, you know, self-talk happening. And when you do get a new job, you're going to enter it with a much better understanding of yourself, your boundaries, and what you're capable of than if you took the time to kind of unravel in those spaces. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. No, um, yeah, first of all, great movie reference. Yes. Um, <laughs> that was not on purpose, but I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> we did not plan this, folks. I think you're right. There's that. And I think it goes back to, again, us talking about what resilience is and yep. that taking care of yourself strengthens you so that, so I will again share, because I love to overshare. I lost a job. I was unemployed for a year. And then I got another job that was even better. And I mean, I got to fly business class and Mm -hmm. I, it's nice. It really is. (laughs) Haven't Um, done it yet. (laughs) Southwest was much, was much harder after flying business class, (laughs) (laughs) but I was not happy. Yeah. I, I didn't have that kind of purpose that you were talking about earlier. And I worked for a pharmaceutical company and we did have a layoff as a result of COVID. And I was a part of that. And I'd let a friend read a very early draft of the book, a coworker who was like my, was like working with a sibling. 
and he was also on the chopping block. And one day we were talking about it because there was a whole little group of us. We had like a group text and we'd have Zoom calls of like, we're the people who are being let go. And he actually turning us, you're the only one of us who's prepared for this because mm. you've been through it. And I never realized that until that moment of, oh, yeah, it probably should be me because I probably have the better chance of, you know, <laughs> it not impacting me negatively. And I think you're right. It's that mindset of either I've been through this before or I know I will get through this. That brings me back to something I was thinking about as you were speaking earlier. I... All of us have had some sort of hardship in our life. It's not as if everything has come completely easy to us. And if that's really the case, I hope that you reflect a little bit more and see if there's something else that happened because it's 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 likely. And I think it's it's again with that mindset of like how can you rebrand your life experiences to understand that you have gone through something challenging before and you did get to the other side mm-hmm. and yes, it's going to take work. And, and, and also, yes, it's going to take you being confident about yourself to get to whatever is next or just to, to be actually, I would, I would even shift that. It's not just about getting to what's next. There is something special about what's happening right now. Ooh, and delve into that a little more. I mean, it's scary. I've, I've been there. I was, I, and I did not realize that until we had this conversation today, but I definitely went into this space of, I no longer have any money coming in the door. Like, what am I going to do? Um, it's amazing how creative you can get with things when you're in that situation. And it almost, for me, it was almost, I don't mean to belittle it. It was almost like a game or a challenge to me. Yes. How am I going to get through the week and how am I going to manage this? And, and, and I would feel so much better about myself for having done that. And it was tiny little things um, of, I don't want to say like gaming the system or anything like that, but it would be figuring out like, oh, I'll put a bunch of things on Poshmark so I can make my car payment and feeling really proud of myself because now I had room in my closet. So when I got my new job, I'd be able to buy new. <laughs> yeah it was, it was it would be like a test of myself it was like this unique set of challenges that you're right it made me feel better yeah so. yeah I mean yeah. It, it's hard when you're in a space of challenge that challenge takes over your entire brain yeah like that is scientifically proved like what happens in fight flight or freeze it takes over your entire brain so in order to get yourself out of it you like the only answer is some form of wellness, some form of, of pulling yourself out. And if you're able to do that, the optionality currently and in the future will, there's just so much more possibility there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with this. And if I go back to the first time I was out of work, uh, it, it got to be really bad. I'm I'm very honest about that. Full, full blown depression. I got walking pneumonia. I, it was just a, a definitely a low point. And I think what saved me was first of all, forcing myself to have a routine so that I went to bed at the same time. I got up at the same time. I wasn't, you know, watching every rerun of friends. 
um, that I actually scheduled things during the day, I did not at that time realize I was doing self-care. And even little things like going to bed at the same time, waking up is self-care. But then I got really into it. And can you talk about like the importance of that? And was there one self-care thing that like was your end all be all? Like for me, the big surprise of all things was meditation. Mm. I used to laugh at people who did it. I thought it was so silly. And I can feel it if I don't take that five to 10 minutes even and just center myself in the morning and I hate myself for doing it. Uh, But I also realize how important it is for me. And I like kind of kick myself like, why was I doing this when I was, you know, in college or something like that? But did you have anything like that for you? Um, kind of, I think my business ended up being my creative outlet, (laughs) but like kind of in a negative way. And so let let me share this, the other side of, of what is possible sometimes and what I have definitely found myself doing quite a few times. So there, there are eight dimensions of wellness. Physical is one of them. Others are emotional, occupational, intellectual, environmental, financial, social, and spiritual. So lots of different things that can qualify as wellness, but we don't always qualify them as such. We um, kind of compartmentalize mm. a very few parts of well-being in our, our in our head, like the bubble bath wine vibe, or the I worked out, so that's self-care, or mindfulness meditation. I think those are kind of the common ones right now or like happy hour, spending time with friends. Um, Maybe people count that maybe a little bit more now. I think you should count it more. It's very important. Anyway. So I, in my final year of teaching kids and then up until my entire time as a fitness instructor, as well as through a few months into grad school. So this is probably about two years in total. I would rely as much as possible on the physical well-being to relieve my stress mm-hmm. completely. So much so that I got injured multiple times. Um, yes. And when I got injured, first of all, I got injured because I was working out a lot and was only using the same muscles. And then when my schedule changed and I was using different muscles or when COVID happened and I was sitting a lot more than I was moving and walking and all that stuff, my body was like, what are you doing? Like, you need to, this isn't right. We don't know how to handle this. And so I got injured, um, I guess at least three times now um, in that two-year period. And each time it was really challenging because I had relied completely on one way to relieve my stress and all of a sudden I couldn't relieve it in that way. Mm-hmm. And so all of this tension and anxiety was building up in me and wasn't letting go. It just kept kind of bubbling. Um, and in each of these moments was when I started to, to realize how important that sense of balance was, how important it was to have more multiple different 
things that I could pull on as part of my routine and my support to to make sure that I could show up to the next day feeling ready to tackle whatever it was. Um, And that's when some, maybe similar to you, like that's when I got into mindfulness. I needed that like mental release. And like, I'm someone who used to a lot more have my mind wandering and ruminating and falling asleep at night was really challenging for that specifically. Um, And mindfulness changed that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started to really think about, like, you know, I guess it's twofold, the, the social and the intellectual that I leaned into social, meaning I started to just value and qualify how I wanted to show up to social situations and when I wanted to show up to those things. Mm-hmm. It was okay if I didn't want to go and attend, uh, this party, um, which I think a lot of us have learned in COVID. So that's not necessarily surprising, but I think just knowing that, like setting that boundary for myself and acknowledging that as a boundary, not as just a personal choice allowed me to be like, Oh, I'm pulling on that like social wellness dimension or like, you know, I've been cooped up a lot this week. I know I don't have a lot of money to spend, but why don't I, I I need the social interaction. So why don't I call a friend on the phone while I take a walk? Like that will fill my cup enough and it's free. Let's do that. And then intellectually I started and I'd never done this before, which seems pathetic, but I always qualified myself as a bad reader growing up. Just didn't think I was good at it. Wasn't fast at it, et cetera. And I started reading chick lit novels before I went to bed. Huge fan of, oh my goodness, no, I'm forgetting her name, Jillian. Jillian, what's her, I'm going to figure it out. Um, she, she helped just like open up my mind to realize that Jasmine Gil, Gilroy, 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 that's who she is. She's, she's amazing. Um, it didn't matter that I wasn't reading anything super intellectual. Mm-hmm. even though it's called in- intellectual wellness, it was just that I was reading and that I was enjoying it. And I started reading it as I brushed my teeth and, and went to bed and it changed the way that I slept as well as allowed me to feel like I was a reader, which changed my um, understanding of self. Hmm. So, yeah. I'm just, there's, so much in in everything that you just said. First of all, um, <laughs> the eight areas we will list them for everyone. We will yep. also get Gabby's reading list um, and put that with our <laughs> podcast notes because now I'm, now I'm it's a lot of curious. chick lit. It's good, and then okay. a lot of Reese Witherspoon. Okay, that that works. That'll work. That'll work. But I think <laughs> I, I I love that you shared this because first of all, I don't think people understand. Uh, this is kind of new to me that. You can take the self-care to an extreme. Yes, you and, absolutely can. And I think that mindful thing that you mentioned of, you know, being able to set those boundaries and make different choices. Like we want you to do self-care, those of you who are listening, but, you know, we're not your mom. You don't have to. And you need to decide what works for you. Is it chiclet? Is it watching a movie? Is it calling a friend? Maybe look at all of those eight tenets of self-care and make sure all of them are 
if not optimal, at least not neglected? What, what I like to share with people is if you write down those eight dimensions and then list three possible things that you would like doing in those dimensions, I don't care how you're qualifying it, like whatever you think is the right way to qualify a, an idea or a, an experience, do that. It's, it's your own definition. Um, and then you can have that list always for you to be like, I'm really overwhelmed right now. I can't make decisions. Let me look at this thing to just say, here's one way to let, to relieve my stress. No, I don't like that one anymore. I'll do this one. Um, and that's okay. No. And I, I kind of, one of the things I tried to do was I had free time scheduled and it was this Mm -hmm. open thing of the only rule on it was that I couldn't do nothing. I had to do something and I did not, I was not smart enough to have a curated list, but it would usually end up either being reading or I cook something that I never wanted to eat, but it was just, I found comfort in baking Yeah, for me and, and baking can be pretty cheap flour, eggs. Uh, you, you, I made a lot of bread that my neighbors ate while I was out of work. So it was the awesome. skill that came in handy during the pandemic. I I love this conversation because I think we could keep going for another hour on it and we might have you back. Um, <laughs> with pleasure. <laughs> I, again, so much to think about with self-care. It's not the kind of uh, frothy topic a lot of people think it is. There is an actual science to it. There's a method to it. And I don't think you can really do it wrong unless you overdo it. So that mindful, if you're mindful, I don't think you can do it wrong. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I don't know if you have a thought on that, Gabby. Um, No, I just think that it's important to do it and you yeah. deserve it at any stage of your life, at any age, at with any occupation or without occupation, you deserve it. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, you deserve it no matter where you live in this world and how you're living. Um, and it is up to you to be able to do it. No one is going to do it for you. They just aren't. And then you have to validate it as that experience in your mind. And the validation is what counts. I like that. I like that a lot. So before we kind of wrap up here, uh, Spark This Day, you do have something for, I know your main client is the business uh world, but I'm, I'm a person on my own. I no longer have a business where I work at. I'm, I'm unemployed. How do I get onto the app? How do I find you? Yes. Well, we would, first of all, would love to have any of you there in that we want to help people be their best selves and live their best lives. So if that is something that you're interested in, um, we would love to help do that for you. Um, we have an app we're on, um, all of the different app sites, as well as a website. Um, But if you want a trial, um, we have a 60-day free trial. If you go to sparkthisday.com slash free trial, that will give you 60 days free, which hopefully will help with that financial wellness for a little bit. So you can um, have that uh, stress relief taken off of you, the stress taken off of you, the relief. 
And then, you know, would love to always talk about this with folks. So if you want to reach out, um, I am on LinkedIn or on um, Instagram, very vaguely on Twitter um, at Gabby Lubin, um, L-U-B-I-N. So I would love to chat with you about this and, and help you work through it. Wonderful. Awesome. Um, we will make sure that all of that information gets onto the podcast notes. I'll put it on LinkedIn when we release the podcast. And I think this is especially timely as we're getting to the end of the year uh, with holidays and all the pressures that come with that, things in the news. Self-care is even more important than ever. So uh, make time for it. Um, I know I'm feeling the crunch already. Uh, I think our timing for this talk is perfect. So Gabby, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Is there anything else that you would like to share with anyone? Um, no, I, you know, I'm rooting for you. I believe in you and I wish you all the best and wherever you are he headed and wherever you are now. So know that I'm in your corner. Awesome. So now you have me in your corner, you have Gabby, and we are just going to keep bringing people to help you while you get through this time of not just being out of work, but again, hearing more and more from people who are afraid of losing their jobs. So lots going on in the world. We're going to try to make it a little better. So thank you, Gabby. Of course. I'm so glad I was able to be here. And thank you me, all. Me too. Thanks. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out of work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.